0: This is Life in Progress, a therapy podcast with your host, Navart Wilborn. I'm a licensed professional counselor, and we're going to be having some honest conversations about life's struggles, both the day-to-day struggles and more serious hardships. Please remember that this podcast and all affiliated programs are not a substitute for therapy. So if you're struggling, please reach out to a therapist in your area and get the support you need. Thanks for joining me. Hey everyone. Thanks for joining me today. Um, so we are continuing our series of identity. Um, last week I introduced the topic to you and uh, we're going to dive into kind of just breaking it down a little bit more, understanding it and just kind of seeing how it fits into your life and how you can maybe learn a little bit about your own identity development. So we're going to kind of start at the beginning. So if you've ever taken any kind of Intro to Psychology course in college or read into anything relating to identity, then you probably know that there are a lot of theories over the years that um, have been kind of put out there and created to talk about development in childhood, identity development throughout the lifespan, just So many things, and if you took your intro to psych class, and you probably learned about people like Eric Erickson, and he had a whole theory that broke down kind of ages and what might be developing in the child at that age, and a lot of it had to do with identity development, how the child saw themselves, how the child saw the world, how they saw their place in the world, and there are a lot of other theorists, uh, theorists as well. But, um, so, you know, if you're interested in kind of learning more about the psychological background and just kind of some of the theories involved in that, it's an easy Google search, you know, so I'm not going to give you a psychology class today, but I'm going to talk to you more about kind of the real world application. And so I want you to think about, um, you know, we're going to start at childhood. So when you think about identity, it's basically that sense of self, right? So if I am, You know, if I want to uh, know who I am, then I'm gonna look at a lot of different categories in my life to determine what I like, what I don't like, how I see myself, how I see the world, how I see my family or my friends, and how I think they feel about me. There's so many categories to look at, but so much of it is really, you know, it's something that we start as children before we even realize we're doing it. You know, when you're a little kid and you're playing and you're interacting with the world, you start to have opinions and you start to have preferences, certain things you like to play with, certain things you don't like to play with, certain people you're comfortable with, other people you're not, certain situations you're excited about, other situations you avoid because you're scared or just not interested in it. So all of those experiences combined uh, form identity. But as you develop the, the identity development shifts. So the, the experiences that you have at that phase of your life are all contributing to developing your identity in that phase of life. And we never stop developing our identity. We continue to do that all throughout life because we never stop living. We never stop experiencing things. And every time you have an experience, whether it's a small one or a big one, it is contributing in some way to your brain's development, to your perception. You may not realize it's happening, but it is happening. The way you look at things, the way you feel about something, whether you enjoy something or don't, that's all going into your brain and it's finding a spot and it's helping you, you know, maybe change an opinion or confirm or validate another opinion and so all throughout your life you are experiencing this growth some people do it more intentionally they set out to learn about themselves and other people it just happens um, less intentionally all of us at some point it happens unintentionally right because you just live and your brain's just doing what it's doing so when you think back to being a child You know, it's good to to reflect on what kind of things were you encouraged to do, say by your parents or your caregivers? You know, were you encouraged to be creative, be adventurous, try new things, dream, set goals? You know, Were you encouraged to explore your world or were you raised in an atmosphere that was maybe more controlled, more um, restricted? Maybe there wasn't a lot of encouragement of dreams or adventure. Um, were your parents or caregivers the kind of people who nurtured, growth and change or were they people who really didn't encourage you to, to to scout new things? So, you know, the reason I'm encouraging you to start with that is that kind of gives you a baseline of what were you set up for? You know, were you set up for an opportunity to learn about yourself? Was it encouraged to try things on and be it, you know, learn about other people and other cultures and other faiths or was for your life more limited to what was directly in front of you? And I'm not, there's no opinion here about what's right or wrong. I don't have an opinion. It's different for every family. It's different for every parent. It's different for every child. And so I'm just kind of giving you some some, um, categories to think through, maybe some examples of the kind of experiences some people have. And beyond, I mean, there's so many different kinds of upbringings and experiences that kids can have. There's no way I can cover that all for you in a little um, podcast episode, Uh, nor do I want to. So I just am kind of trying to give you kind of open that thought process for you to just think about, like, what was your experience like as a child? What were your parents like when you were young? Were they one way with you and maybe a different way with a sibling? Um, Were you uh, kind of taught to be an imaginative, uh, creative thinker? Or were you thought to be more maybe of a rational thinker? And so all of those things kind of set that first pace for, how you view the world, how you view yourself in the world, and those start your identity development. And you know, if you look at some of those developmental theories, you'll see more detail even younger. Um, but again, I don't wanna give you a psychology lesson. So I'm just saying kind of from from basic memory or uh, just knowledge of your childhood, just know that everything you did from the moment you started looking around and and interacting with your world, it started the identity development process. But, um, you know, the more aware you are of things, the more your language developed, your ability to communicate, your ability to retain memory, all of that, you know, it leads development on a different um, path. So you can kind of do more with it. Um, And even, let's say, as a child, you were encouraged to be imaginative and goal-oriented, things like that, that would have um, probably led you down a path where you were exploratory and you were curious and you wanted to learn more about things. Um, And, you know, any goal that you may have set as a child obviously changes. Any interests that you have as a child, a lot of the times those change. They just grow. I mean, you, you can look back to being a little kid and remember really liking certain toys or certain shows. And then, you know, reflecting on a different part of your childhood later on, and you're like, yeah, I outgrew that. I didn't want to do that anymore. I wasn't interested in it anymore. So that was a change in your identity, a change in your interests, change in who you are and what you like to do. So that's kind of the basic childhood part. Little, you know, the primary age, you know, uh, little kiddos. But then when we look at adolescence, that's where a lot of identity development is happening because you are more aware of the world around you you have the ability to communicate more you can think more abstractly you can consider someone else's perspective more easily because when we're little a lot of the times we just kind of interact with the world based on how we feel we can't always um Look at things from someone else's perspective or have that kind of strong empathy because that part of our brain is just not developed all the way yet. Um, and so we, there's more of that happening in adolescence. And even then, you know, the brain isn't finished developing now. That I think they say around the mid 20s. So, but we do know on a kind of general level that most identity development happens during those adolescent years because you're really trying to look at the world through your eyes. You know, up until that point your parents set the pace for you. You were doing certain things that they took you to and allowed you to do or discouraged you from doing. But when you're adolescent, you sometimes have more control over, you know, choosing what kind of classes you want to take, choosing what kind of activities you want to be involved in. Do you want to be in sports? Do you want to be in music? Um, you know, what kind of friends do you want to have? So you're not just in that, like, default mode of I go to school, I sit next to these kids. It's okay. I go to school, I want to sit next to these kids. I get to take these classes. I get to go to these activities. And so there's more choice. There's more opinion. And a lot of the times I think we just, as adolescents, we're given more freedom or, you um, Well, sometimes we just take the freedom because kids, uh, adolescents can be more combative with parents and argumentative. And so they may not go with the flow of what the parents want as much. And a lot of what they're doing is because they're trying to assert their identity. They're trying to do the things that they want to do. And they'll argue with you because you're wrong and you don't know what you're talking about. They do. And they're never wrong. You know, and that's all part of identity development is them feeling confident in who they are. And if they don't like who they are, they're looking to change that. They're looking around, seeing what other people are doing. What is social media telling them to do? What is, you know, just the internet in general, all of that. And, you know, obviously now we, we consider identity development or just development in general to be a little different than people my age or older, or even a little younger, because, well, probably not so much younger, but older, because we didn't have the internet as much. We didn't have social media at all growing up. Um, And so we didn't really have access to the world outside of what was directly in front of us. And so it was a much smaller world. And now kids have access to so much more. So if they are seeking to grow in their identity or see what else people are doing, they have a much further reach and they can see things in other parts of the world or whatever. So... They are actively pursuing changing identity or growing an identity. Um, that's what adolescents do. And sometimes it's not even an active desire. It's just happening. And that's why you get a lot of kids who struggle with, you know, um, self-esteem issues, just general confusion about identity because there's so much changing, you know, developmentally in their brain and in their body but there's also a lot changing in front of them and they're trying to figure out where they fit in this world what group of friends do they fit into if they don't feel good about them their bodies or their personalities that creates conflict internally and they're going to seek to reduce that conflict and that usually happens by creating some kind of change whether it's Intentional change. I'm going to change the way I dress. I'm going to start wearing makeup, or I'm going to cut my hair short. I'm going to grow it out, or I'm going to start whatever, changing something in appearance. Or it can be behavioral. I'm going to start hanging out with these friends. I'm going to start smoking. I'm going to start drinking. I'm going to start listening to this kind of music. I'm going to start, you know, lying to my parents and sneaking out, or I'm going to start really confiding in my parents and asking them for support and help because I don't know what I'm doing. Like. All kinds of things, good and bad. And there's no perfect child. Even the most, um, the kids that look like they're the most well-behaved, they're probably trying to figure out how to sneak and get away with stuff too. It's just being a kid. And if you don't think that's true, then you got to think back to your own childhood because we all did it. It's just part of it. You know, if you can get away with it, you're going to get away with it. Some kids aren't going to challenge things as much with their parents and others will, but it's all part of this identity development want to do what we want to do when we're adolescents and we don't want someone to tell us not to do it we just we think we know better than everyone right so it can be a really confusing time because they're trying on lots of different identities to find that right one but again you know you might have some kids that land on a really good identity that they feel really strong and confident in and then chances are that's going to change again at some point in the next few years, whether it's still while they're adolescents or when they're in college, or young adults. Um, but, you know, again, we we work with what we've got right in front of us, and that's throughout the entirety of life. You know, sometimes we can think ahead and say, well, I don't want to make this decision because it might affect me down the road. But most of the time, we just do what, with the best that we can with what we've got in front of us and what we feel at the time. And so development is changing identity is changing over time. Um, so you know you think of of when I'm talking about this personality or identity development in kids I think a lot of the time it's it's their their goal is like I said to, to really counteract any insecurity so develop that strong sense of self to develop a personality. You know when we're asking kids you know teenagers hey where do you want to go to college? What do you want to study when you when you go to college? Some of them know and some of them don't, and so I think we, um, you know, we're encouraging, by asking them those questions, by having them plan for their futures, we are encouraging development, we are encouraging uh, identity development and growth, but what we sometimes see with kids is, with teens, is there's this pressure to figure it all out, and sometimes that can cause a lot of problems, because they're not you know, every kid's different. Some, some kids know exactly what they want to do from when they're, you know, 10 years old. And you've got some kids that get to college or even a couple of years into college and they still don't know what they want to do. So it's our responsibility as parents or as adults in their lives to always be encouraging and supportive and, you know, lead and guide where we can, but also validate that it's okay if you don't know. Let's just keep trying things out, but you don't need to commit. So when you think back to what your experience was when you were in this phase of development, what was that like for you? Were you encouraged to relax and just try different things on? Or were you pressured to figure things out at a young age? Were you pressured to have all the answers and that anything short of that was gonna lead to a destructive future and you weren't gonna get a job and you weren't gonna make any money and no one would hire you? Like, what was that like for you? And and I want you to think about that because that is all a part of how you are today and who you are today. Those experiences played a role in shaping your identity and your personality development. If you are in a position of life now where you're like, man, I've got these kind of ways of thinking that I know aren't healthy, I'm really rigid about this, I'm really kind of scattered about this, or people always tell me that I'm really a perfectionist or something like that, then thinking back to what those younger experiences were like is really important because you might be able to find a root there. You might be able to see that, you know, when I was a teenager and everyone was making their you know, plan for college, I couldn't, I didn't know what I was doing and I felt really insecure and my parents compared me to this other kid or to my brother or my sister. So I just had this kind of inferiority complex or feeling like just really bad about myself. And so then I you know, decided I was never going to feel that way again. So I just became a perfectionist or blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, the other way around where someone just doesn't want to commit because they're so scared of making a mistake that they become really, really um, just go with the flow and never make any good choices. I mean, so many examples, right? I told you earlier I could list so many ways that things go for kids. But I'm just throwing some basic examples out at you, hoping it at least triggers a thought. So think of where you were, how your adolescence was affected or how your adolescence affected your um, identity development at that time and how it changed throughout. Um, and then you think about um, uh, just the fact that, like, kind of like I said, those, the, that childhood experience, that adolescent experience, those do play a major role in identity development. So don't dismiss those. I think there are a lot of people that think, um, when they think of therapy or counseling, they're like, oh, I'm just going to sit there and talk about my childhood. First of all, no, we don't just sit around and do that. Most, Some people don't even ever reflect on their childhood in therapy because that's not an issue they're going through. They're not in an identity crisis. But there are a lot of people where that is vital because they got stuck emotionally somewhere in their childhood for whatever reason. And going back and understanding that a little bit more and maybe making some corrections or healing some hurts from that phase of life is imperative to being a more functional and healthy adult. So I'm not saying you have to dive into all the dark corners of your childhood. I'm just saying don't ignore it. Think about if there's anything in your childhood or your adolescence that could have impacted how healthy you are today or maybe how unhealthy you are today or at the very least might impact your parenting style today because you don't want to repeat mistakes that maybe you feel were made in your childhood or maybe if they weren't mistakes you just looked, you saw maybe opportunity for things to be better now in hindsight let's make sure that you're learning from that that you're thinking about that and drawing as much as you possibly can from that Um, so um, I kind of want you to think when I was saying that those uh, experiences we have are, are you know, affect who we are today. I made a little list of some of those experiences. There, Again, there are so many, but I just kind of wanted to throw throw some basic ones at you. So as you're thinking of your childhood, just, and, and again, some of them are good, some of them are positive, some of them are negative, but all showing that, um, you know, like if you're the kind of person now that's in a relationship, let's say you're married to a person who had a very different childhood from you. Let's say your upbringing was really, um, more healthy. Maybe your parents were married, still married, happily married, had a really good parenting style, were really encouraging and supportive of you and really, you know, just guided you to make good choices and were always your support and all of that. And then let's say the person you're married to had a very different upbringing. Let's say there was a maybe a divorce where um, one parent was absent and there was a lot of um, just financial struggles or alone time where the, uh, you know, the working parent wasn't there a lot and they didn't have a lot of support. They weren't encouraged uh, just because of circumstances. Maybe they didn't have an opportunity to participate in as many activities as you did. Maybe there was even trauma. So if you're looking at... You know, you're sitting here listening to me talk to you about identity development. It's also good to think like, how has the person that maybe you're in a really good relationship with, how maybe has their identity shaped the way they are in your relationship versus the way your your development shaped your identity, and that sometimes can have a huge impact on how relationships go. You know, um, it's not just about the right here, right now. It's about, hey, what maybe is some stuff from my childhood that impact the way I talk to my spouse or makes me, you know, yell at my kid or whatever. And you might be looking at your significant other thinking, how are they so much better at this? Or how are they so terrible at this? I don't understand. But those conversations are important to have um, because it's not just your experience that plays a role in your life. Your significant other, the person you choose to live your life with, or maybe your kid, let's say you had a really, really crappy upbringing full of trauma, abuse, or whatever, and you're raising a kid that's never known anything but a comfortable lifestyle, it can be really hard to relate to your kid. And sometimes that can cause conflict in a parent-child relationship. Not intentionally, but it can happen. So unless you're really understanding where you came from and why you might be the way that you are, it might not always be easy to understand where you are right now and why you are the way where you are right now. So this little list I made you, I'm just going to rattle some things off. So some things that could have impacted your development in childhood and adolescence are, um, and these are in no specific order, so bullying, if you had good or bad confidence, if you had supportive or loving parents, if you had neglectful parents, if you had abusive parents, if you uh, were engaged in out-of-home activities, if you had social interactions and friendships, if you had um, uh, any issues with appearance, whether you were insecure about your appearance or if you had uh, appearance that everyone else complimented on, if you had any issues with self-esteem, if you had good or bad self-esteem, uh, the parenting style that your parents had, uh, if you were intelligent or uh, and got really good grades or really didn't do well in school, and struggled a lot and weren't very intelligent, Um, school environment, home environment, general, if you had siblings and what those sibling relationships were like, Um, if your parents had good supervision or if they just kind of were hands-off parents, if you had any trauma, if you had good or bad physical health, if you had good or bad mental health, Um, any beliefs or religion or faith in the family, values, values. Uh, what you know your thoughts or what you were raised to think about right or wrong. Um, so basically uh, that's just kind of the list I threw together. So basically who you are, again, depends on, in large part, not I'm not gonna say fully, but in large part on a lot of those things and, and many other things that we could add to those lists to that list. But being able to really look back and say, Okay, what, were, what was my family like? What was my, my life like? And how could those have influenced? And I think a lot of people would hear that list and might for the first time realize that those things can impact childhood and development. There are a lot of people that just don't know enough about development to know that those are important. Some, some people will be like, well, every kid goes through that. That's stupid. Why are we focusing on that? Well, exactly. Every kid goes through stuff, but every person is different. And again, you could have, you know, two brothers, twins raised in the same house, same parents, same environment, and can grow up to be incredibly different people, either because of just genetics or because of experiences, because of, you know, friendships, because of struggles of one, whatever. So, so many things can impact that difference, but it would be so unfair for us to just assume that, okay, well, this person looks like they had a good life why on earth would they be struggling with their identity now? Why are they having a crisis? Why are they getting a divorce? Why are they unhappy? Why do they have mental health issues? whatever um, But all of those things play a role. So I am gonna stop there. I hope that that gave you something to think about. Um, again, just some reflecting just for you to understand you know for us to talk about identity now and for us to help you for me to kind of help you, look at um you know what how do you feel about yourself now and where do you really want to go we got to give those early years a look and, and a little bit of attention to be able to really understand how did you even get here so that we can figure out where you need to go and how you can be a better version of yourself now given whatever you've experienced so next week we will continue on we'll move on from kind of childhood and talk more about personality traits and um talk about uh also transitional phases in life and how identity and personality can change based on certain transitions and certain experiences in that, um, both in childhood and adulthood, but we're going to kind of shift more into the adulthood part. So I hope that this was helpful to you. I hope it gave you something to think about and I will see you next week. All right. Thanks for listening and watching. Bye.